feel like a lot of women who are drawn to the membership always say like, I didn't go to adult school. I don't know how to be an adult. I don't know how to be a partner. I don't know how to be a mom, right? There's so much expectation that we know how to run a household, that we're somehow a failure if our homes look messy and we don't have these systems in place. But who taught us? Nobody taught us how to do any of this. How are we supposed to know? And the answer is you aren't supposed to, right? There, But no one talks about it. And so we feel this kind of private shame at not being good enough, not doing enough. But the reality is a lot of us have never been taught the systems that can support us in being the women, the partners, the wives, the moms we want to be. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Hi, everyone. Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanira Madani. And today I have the pleasure of introducing a very special woman to the show today, Corinne Morahan. Corinne is a professional organizer, a Harvard graduate, a seven-figure business owner, and she has an incredible organization, professional organizing company, but she actually helps women and teaches them. So it's not just about getting your home organized. She has taken her love of organization into the practical life of the everyday woman. I learn from her every single day. I follow her account religiously on all her social channels, and she's just such a hoot to follow and to learn from. And so without further ado, Corinne, welcome to the show. So Nira, thank you so much. And what a great introduction. I am so excited to chat with you today and to chat with all your listeners. I'm so excited because Corinne, I feel like you've changed my life. Just been, you know, I found you through Instagram and we connected and then I started following your tips and tricks. And, you know, I've watched a lot of, as probably many of our listeners here, all of the home organizing shows and all of the home, the home shows that really help you get organized, like the home edit. Right. But then I'll go in and I'll go purge and then I'll try to get organized and I'll buy all the fancy tools. And then a week, later, it doesn't stay organized. And I love what you talk about of the practicality and the systems that you put in place. And so I'm so excited for our audience, not only to learn your story, but also help us get better organized in our entire life. So yeah, Corinne, that's what I'm excited to talk about today. Yeah, I can't wait. I know you're a systems queen too, and it really is all about the systems. They will change the game for your life, for your business and make all the difference. I'm excited to chat about that. Yeah. How did you get started in this space? Tell us your story. Yeah. So let's take it back a little bit and um, I'll share a little bit of my backstory. I used to work on Wall Street. I had the typical story of 
chasing accolades, chasing the dream, wanting to find fulfillment in life and not really knowing where to find it. And I spent a lot of time in my free time volunteering. And I had a moment of call it acceptance where I said, maybe this is just as good as it gets. There was something nagging in me that said, I really hope that's not the case, but maybe I'm just not meant to have a career that's super fulfilling. I love making money. I loved the fast pace and sexiness of working on Wall Street, but I found it boring. So I thought maybe you just can't have it all. Well, flash forward, I moved out of Manhattan with my husband who I adore. We bought our dream home. We have two amazing kids. And I just felt like I was constantly chasing something, but I didn't know what it was. And I had this moment one day where I had picked up my kids from school. I had gotten home from a a long day of work and the kids were running around the kitchen, just having fun laughing. And I yelled at them for having fun because they're messing up the house. And I sank to the kitchen floor in tears. And I thought, I cannot accept this anymore. I I cannot accept that this is as good as it's going to get. So I set off on a journey for myself. I spent a year purging and organizing my entire house. And I got rid of everything that was not working for me and was just really weighing me down. And something miraculous happened. I I started not only living this amazing life, but I started purging relationships that were toxic. I started purging negative self-talk. I really started building a life that served me. And I thought, holy crap, now I have found this solution to a life that really feels fulfilling. And then I thought, how amazing would it be if I could give this to other women? And it was in that moment that I decided it was now or never, I was going to start a home organizing business. In the back of my mind, I always had a vision of something bigger than a home organizing business, but I didn't know what that was going to be. So I thought, let me just start. Let me start by home organizing. And that's really how the business started, going into clients' homes, doing the transformation for them. And then when I realized that I want to touch more people, touch more lives, help them do the transformation themselves, because there's so much power in making that transformation on your own, um, I took the plunge and we can talk, you know, sort of what that looked like. I started out with really simple boot camps, but flash forward. Now I have a membership with over 600 women in it and it teaches them very systematically how to go through their homes and really their lives to get rid of everything that's not serving them and then bring in those routines and those systems and the real pleasure of life. I'm a pleasure seeker. And so it's really all about how can we make life fun and sexy and really enjoy our day to day. I love it. I love your story because I relate to that so much. And I know so many of our listeners um, can relate to that. You don't even have to be a mom to be able to relate to that story. It's exhausting. You know, something that I've always felt of, I really like, you know, the way that my space is, is is how I actually, it makes me feel really good. If it's, if it's messy, then I'm messy. If I'm organized, I feel organized. So my space and my environment is always very precious to me. And I've always been one, I've never been a hoarder. I've never been messy, but I do not understand one of the things that when you talked about, you're crying on your kitchen floor. I feel like I've lived through that moment several times where it's like, no matter how many systems I actually put in place, they just don't work. And so I would love for us to actually take away because I know there's so many of us listening here that 
that have, like, I feel you in that moment. What did you do besides, so when you're talking about just purging, can you tactically maybe walk us through what you teach in Grit and Glam? Because I know our listeners would love to take away some of your, what you see and what you're changing. Yeah. So, you know, and it's so true, Sierra. I feel like it resonates with all women. And the bigger vision of Grit and Glam is to create a world where women know that they are and have enough. There is so much pressure on us. And I feel like unconsciously, a lot of times we're chasing more accolades or we think if we buy this next thing, it's going to be the thing that makes us happy. And it never does. And there's no shame in that, right? We are all in that same space. So what I talk about in the Grit and Glam membership is my four-step process, which I'll get into in a moment. But whether it's in, in the membership or in my coaching programs, I feel like there are two key things we need to focus on. One is a knowledge gap. Fill the knowledge gap. What do you actually need to know? What tactical tips do you need to know so that you have the right skills? But equally, or sometimes more importantly, is the mindset shift you have to have first to go along with that. So really, truly, the first step is like exactly what you're saying, Sunira, recognizing how your environment impacts you, is recognizing the patterns that you're in that are not serving you. It is hard work to get and stay organized. It is. And so you have to make a commitment and know that the outcome on the other side of that work is worth it for you. So that in those moments where you feel like this is boring, I don't want to do this. I want to give up. You know that there's a bigger vision there. So a lot of what I talk about is this mindset work. And I also think there's so much pressure when we look at social media and we see these pictures of beautifully organized homes, the goal is not to have every you know streamlined bin and label so that your home looks pretty. That's a really fun side benefit of it. I love a pretty space, but it really is about having a system that serves you day in and day out. So the first step is really working on your mindset. And the second piece is really purging. And a lot of us, all of my in-person clients and most of the clients in the membership as well say, I've already purged, I've already purged. But if you really go through your home and get rid of the things that you don't love, that you don't use, that are not serving you, if you just do that and you don't even spend time organizing, you will be amazed at how much lighter you feel. It really is so game-changing. And then the next piece is is organizing, is putting in systems. And what what is a system? A system just means a way of doing something. It doesn't even need to be complicated. But the reason I love systems, and I know this will resonate with you too, is we have a finite amount of decisions we can make in a day, right? Decision fatigue. It's why Steve Jobs always wore the black turtleneck every single day. It's why Zuckerberg wears the t-shirt and the hoodie every day. They don't want to waste a decision on what to wear. So if you can go through your whole house and systematize everything, so yes, you're putting in work to make those decisions then, but then you never have to waste any decision during the day after that. Literally not one decision. Think about how much more time and energy you have to build a business or frankly, sit on the couch and watch TV with your kids and your husband and do nothing, right? Do whatever you want with that extra time and energy. And, um, that really is the magic of it. And then what I talk about my fourth step. So we've set our mindset, we've purged, we've organized. And the fourth piece is really the other magical component of it is what I call resetting because we can do all of this work to set up these systems. We get our families on board, but if we don't have a process to maintain it, 
it's not going to last. And I talk about the Sunday reset, which is spending one day a week for most of us. It's, it's a Sunday, just resetting those systems. And the reason it's so powerful is twofold. For those of us that are not going to be spending all our time organizing every day as we shouldn't be. It allows you to get back to baseline. So all of that work and time and energy you've put into it gets to stick. But for the other side of us, those of us that love to organize and want to be neat all the time, it also sets a boundary for us to not be wasting our lives away organizing. It helps keep it contained no matter who you are. That was, that was just incredible. I'm like literally sitting back here. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And yes. And I love what you said. I think that that is what's missing from all of the Marie condos and the home edits. It's the pretty, it's just like, oh yeah, the drawer is perfectly folded. You can't maintain it. You can't maintain it. The yes, like the bins are so beautiful and like your pantry looks organized, but you have to keep the system in place and it has to work. If the cereal on the top shelf, isn't going to work for your kids, it's just not going to stay maintained. And That's so I, exactly right. Yeah. And so I think that is where you bring that practical side. And this is why I absolutely got obsessed um, following your account was because you're right. The pretty and the organized is the benefit, not the core value of what you're providing. It's really ease. That's what it is. It's ease. And it's taking that pressure off and having systems in place. So you're not feeling all the time, but there's so much on your plate because let's face it, ladies, like everything just falls on us. And no matter how much I was reading an article just this last week about even having strong, you know, men and partners or, you know, your spouses or just overall strong partners in your life. But sometimes still as the woman or the mother of the house, we still carry, even if you have a partner that does the dishes or that really helps out, we still carry this, the, the burden about what that like the, what to cook what do the groceries look like? Who's going to actually, my partner can go take the kids to the doctor's appointment for their shots or whatever, but we're the ones that have to worry about what is the next step? What are the vaccines that needs, you know, is it safe? We're doing the research. So women actually subconsciously, we actually still carry majority of the stress as it relates to men. And so if you can just give me back some time and create groceries. Like I love watching your Sunday reset and I do the Sunday zoom out, right? So this is something that I've been doing and my listeners have been following for many years now on my Sunday zoom out, which is exactly that it's maintaining your weekly systems to make sure you're making time for the things that are important. You're reorganizing your schedules. You're like resetting every Sunday of a mental capacity for work, but you're doing the Sunday reset in your home, which I'm obsessed with. So let's talk about this Sunday reset. Cause it does take maintaining the systems. And that I think is what you've nailed and everybody else is missing. Yeah. So, and I just want to talk about what you were mentioning briefly and what I've heard to refer to as the mental load, that mental no matter load. how much you are sharing responsibilities and I have a spouse that I, you know, we share all the responsibility, there is still that mental load that we cannot let go of. And that weighs on us. And it really is my mission at this company to help women know that they are enough, that even with that mental load weighing on them, that they can have an amazing life. And the reset is so powerful also because a part of it is getting everyone in your household on board. So no matter the age of your kids, now certainly it looks different um, as kids get older, whether you are partnered up, whether you live with your family, extended family, whatever it is, it's really having a conversation about what is the greater goal of living in this 
this house? And how can we all work together to contribute to that? And I have people who will watch the Sunday Reset and they'll say, okay, that's great for you because your home's already organized. What do we do if we're starting out in a mess? And I, I don't even have a baseline to get back to. So I always say, pick those few things. It could be three, four, five things that are going to set your week up for success. So maybe that looks like meal prepping and meal planning for the week. Maybe that means packing a few of the kids' lunches for the week. Maybe it means deciding what outfits you're going to wear that week so you're not wasting a decision in the morning figuring out what it is. The bottom line is it doesn't really matter what those things are for you. It's just to identify what things in your week are your pain points and how can you batch work through them on Sunday so that you've eliminated them throughout the week. And I know you always talk about how you didn't go to CEO school. Well, I also feel like a lot of women who are drawn to the membership always say like, I didn't go to adult school. I don't know how to be an adult. I don't know how to be a partner. I don't know how to be a mom, right? There's so much expectation that we know how to run a household, that we're somehow a failure if our homes look messy and we don't have these systems in place. But who taught us? Nobody taught us how to do any of this. How are we supposed to know? And the answer is you aren't supposed to, right? There, But no one talks about it. And so we feel this kind of private shame at not being good enough, not doing enough. When the reality is a lot of us have never been taught the, the systems that can support us in being the women, the partners, the wives, the moms we want to be. And I, I couldn't agree with you more there. It's so much pressure. Like the word pressure is really there because you do feel like you're constantly failing. You're always failing. And no matter what, it's like, there's always something to do. And that is never feels rewarding. Sometimes it's like the list is never ending. And as soon as you scratch, like, you know, I'm definitely the to-do list girl. And I'm like, scratch off my to-do list. I got to physically have it. But then it's like on to the next day and there's another list. So I agree with you on that. Where do women begin, right? So you said purging. It feels overwhelming because uh, I would answer you. It's like, I'm pretty clean and I have, uh, things are pretty purged. But like, where do you begin? Your house is, there's so many places in your home to purge. Like, what is your system to begin? I feel like I can be one of those frustrating coaches to work with because I'm not going to give you a specific answer. That's a one size fits all approach because as much as we're all the same in so many ways, the goal is not to live like one another. The goal is to set up our lives and our homes to function for us. So if you are someone that needs an easy win, you need to see immediate results and that's going to give you the momentum to really move forward. Start super easy. Like the top drawer in your nightstand, right? Pick a really small spot that has no emotional attachment to you, right? No sentimental items in it because sentimental items are the hardest to get rid of. Pick a spot that you use daily, but that is going to be an easy win for you. Or if you're someone that's like, no, I need a big project. I want to see big results. Then pick a space like your kitchen that you're in all the time and really go through it I would not suggest emptying out your entire kitchen at once because it always gets worse before it gets better, right? Like with anything in life, it gets worse before it gets better, gets messier before it gets better. But go drawer by drawer, cabinet by cabinet and pull out the things that the, you know, maybe one day I'll use this, the, but it was expensive, the, but it was a gift, right? All of these things we tell ourselves are not a reason to hold on to items. Yeah. You know, I feel like every time I've gone through like a move or something like that, this is kind of when the purges happen. And I know recently over quarantine, I was just going through, I don't need 
two lemon squeezers. I don't need six spatulas. And so those things were really easy to be like, you know what, donate, donate, donate. But I will say that the appliance cabinet, even though I'm like, I'm never going to use this really fancy suit. I have not used a sous vide machine. I'll talk about my stupid <laughs> sous vide thing. We used it one time. It was like a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. It was really cool. It's a really expensive machine. It's literally sitting there. What do you, how do you tell yourself? I'm like, I may use it one day and then I'm not going to have my sous vide machine that I honestly will never use. All right. So you just said it yourself. You're never going to use it. So <laughs> there is a difference between something we use once a year. Like let's say we host Thanksgiving for our family. And so once a year we use our second set of dishes or we use the mixer, those things you keep, right? It's not about the frequency of use, but if you're literally never going to use the sous vide, you, what you have to tell yourself is the money was wasted in the purchasing of it, not in the giving of it away. And it does not create any more value to you by holding on to it. And what it does actually is detract value by taking up space, by making you feel pissed off every time you look at it and thinking about how much money you spent on it and how you're not a person who sous vides their meals, right? Like you don't need that toxicity in your life just to get rid of it and you will not miss it. I love it. And you're so right. It, it, it does. It doesn't add any value. I think that is the question to ask on some of the items that you're like, this is just not adding. And then what do you do? What do you recommend? Like, do you partner with like organizations for like, we always try to donate, um, everything that we can so that it is getting like second use out of it. When do you throw, when do you donate? Do you have like a philosophy around that? Yeah. So we can talk about this for a little bit because there, it feels so good to donate items. I will circle back to that in a minute, but there is so much trash in this world and their donation centers are overrun with donations now because people are purging so much, which is amazing. But let's also take pause before we buy anything, because if we are really intentional with our buying, we will have so much less to purge. So that is the piece that I really want people to focus on because once we purchase the things, we can figure out how to get rid of them. But it's this cycle of just buying mindlessly and we're all in it, right? We're like, we, no shame here, ladies. Like, but just evaluate what you're doing and make sure that when you're purchasing, you're purchasing one with intention, but two, think about where it's going to live in your home. Because if you can't identify a spot for it before you buy it, it means either you don't need it or you might have to get rid of something else before you can bring that in. So I really think a lot of this comes down to intentional buying and donation centers don't want our trash. It causes more work for them. It is painful to add to a landfill. It is, which is why we should stop buying crap in the first place. But things that are broken or that are not optimal, like should be thrown out. And then there are tons of local donation centers in every town um, that will be happy to receive maybe not a sous vide necessarily. I don't know. Maybe you take that to like, see if there's any restaurants that want that. But for the most part, our appliances, our clothes, bedding, there are organizations that do want to accept all of those things very happily. And I think it is easier to give items away when we know that they're going to help people in need. I love that you talked. I, I, I actually love your mindset on this because you're absolutely right. And I think in today's economy of 
the one click one day, everything instant in our lives, it's become so easy to purchase products. It's never been cheaper than it ever has been to buy. It's so cheap to buy an item immediately get what you need, that instant gratification of pressing like, you know, on Amazon, but it's causing so much harm. Like it's causing so much harm. And I think sometimes we justify it. Like, Oh, we're buying clothes. I'll get rid of like, I bought three pairs of jeans. I'll get rid of three pairs of jeans, which we never end up doing one, but two, you're right. It's not just about getting rid of the three. It's why are we purchasing it in the first place? Can we talk a little bit about the consumer today? Yeah. So, you know, I've, I think one of the most miraculous things I've seen in the membership is women who love shopping. And I love beautiful things. I do not consider myself a minimalist. I believe we should buy and have what we want. But so I think that's one of the reasons women are attracted to the membership because I'm not going to tell you to stop shopping. I'm going to tell you to bring intention to it. But I have seen women who have get so much pleasure out of shopping really be able to rein their shopping habits in and realize that they'd rather buy a few things that make them really excited than to buy everything at their fingertips. And listen, I am, I shop on Amazon too, all the time. There is something to be said for the convenience, but I also think, especially in this past year and a half of the pandemic, shopping is a stress response. We, if a lot of us, you know, we feel anxiety, we think if I buy something, it's going to give me that uh, adrenaline rush. I'm going to feel excited. It's going to fill or mask, whatever it is that I don't want to feel. And it feels exciting. And we just do this over and over again. And then it almost becomes like you're numb to it where you're just kind of doing it on autopilot. You're not even enjoying what you're buying anymore. And that's why this, the mindset piece is so important. It's like, just pause, take a deep breath. And bring some intention to it. If you still want that item when you've spent the time thinking about it, okay, do it. But if you're shopping to um, soothe your anxiety or make yourself feel better, it never works. It never, ever works. And it only compounds it and makes it worse because then you feel badly that you spent the money. You now have a mess to deal with and you never dealt with the anxiety in the first place. No, it's so spot on. And it's such a good reminder on that intention. And I feel like something that we forget sometimes taking care of like the entire house is that sometimes I do that for myself where I, I've literally stopped myself. Like I don't go grocery shop. Like I think just being, I intentionally avoid spaces that I know I'm just going to buy items that I actually never needed in the first place. So going to the grocery store, I really miss going to the grocery store because it's nice to be able to pick out my fruit and my vegetables. But I know every time I end up going into Trader Joe's, which is like very rare now, but when I go that I'm like, Oh my God, I want to try this. And I want to do that. And I want this. And it's just bringing home stuff that we didn't even need in the first place. Another place like home goods, TJ Maxx. Like I, as much as like I buy Chanel, I love like Home Goods and TJ Maxx are like my stores. Like I absolutely am like obsessed with, I always find some great things, but they're not needed. I didn't need them in the first place. I really just try to avoid going into these places. So I've like figured out some of those systems to say, let's just avoid that temptation of stuff that I don't need to bring home. It's not for me more about the money. It's really about the space. Cause I've really gotten good about having a, a neat space. But what I've learned is that I do it for myself. I don't think about the same way for my family or for my children, because then you look at my target runs and then like cat and Jack and like all the stuff that they didn't need. They didn't need like nine pairs of jellies. Like, and I have two little girls and it's really fun to like shop for them. I'm being vulnerable here to sharing kind of like, I've thought about it for myself, but I'm not thinking about it in the same way for my kids. Do you find that? 
I do. And this is what I would offer as a mindset reframe that I find helpful. The same way we were talking about earlier that we didn't learn how to set up systems for ourselves. We're modeling for our kids these skills Mm -hmm. and what to value in life. And I have a son and a daughter and it's the same way for my son as well. I'm really trying to model for them that it is not about consumption, that the things are never going to make us happy, that this more, more, more mentality sets you up for failure. It doesn't mean that we're not going to buy things out of convenience. It doesn't mean we're living, you know, in austere circumstances, but it really does help them bring intentionality to it. And my kids are still relatively young, 11 and seven, but they get it. They understand now that when we go to Target, for example, we're going there to get school supplies or get clothing. Yeah, they'll do shopping, but they're not asking for a million things because they know I'm not going to buy it because that's just not how we operate. And then what that that's doing for them is when they're older, when they're teenagers, when they're making their own money, when they're independent, when they're running their own households, they will already have this so ingrained in them that they'll understand how to run their household and how to look for that satisfaction and fulfillment, not in external things. I love it. And it's such a, it's such a good reframing of that Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Speaking of kids, because I follow your stories on Instagram and something that I am extremely impressed with. And ladies, when you follow Corinne, it's at grid and glam, go follow her. You will see her kids make their beds immaculately. Like it is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I'm, I always DM you like, how are your kids making their beds? Tell us. So, so it's so funny because you, I read a lot or I read when my kids were little, I don't have an appetite for it anymore. A lot of parenting books and a lot of these books will tell you like, teach your kids how to do something, but then don't fix it for them because it teaches them that the way they did it wasn't good enough. And I'm like, okay, I can hear that. I can sit with that. Or I can teach them to do it exactly as I want it done (laughs) so that they can just do it right. And I realized if I could teach my husband to make a beautiful bed. I'm loving this right now. (laughs) If I could teach him to make a bed the way I want it made so that I don't have to fix it afterwards, I can teach my kids also. And it was a process, like anything with parenting. It wasn't like, here's how you do it, now go. It was an evolution and it was a, you know, you did such an amazing job. This looks so great. And here's what I'd like to see you do. Can you smooth it out afterwards? Can you stand the pillows up straight? Can you pull this corner down, right? And like with everything that we say, you know, as moms, it's annoying, it's nagging, but I've done it in a way that is that involves them that now they can do it on their own. And they know they're not going downstairs to have breakfast until their beds are not just made, but smoothed and look pretty so that when I walk in the room, we all can feel good about it. I love it. And I've seen it. I watch it on Instagram. It is really impressive, really, really impressive to see. And I've shown Mila, I've been like, Mila, look at Corinne's daughter, look at her bed. And that she started making, we're starting to like work on her making her bed. And she does the pillows so funny. And she puts like all of her fun pillows, like in different places in her room. But I'm like, okay, we're getting started. She's five years old. She knows that in the morning, you know, we're working on making her bed. So we're doing it together right now. But I was really inspired by that and watching you teach your kids. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it all, right? All of it doesn't have to fall on us. Everybody can, you know, have their own part to keeping a beautiful space, to keeping an organized space. 
um, and everybody can have their own piece of it. And our job is to, you know, make sure that the systems work, but that everyone's contributing and contributing happily. It's so true. And I just will tell you a really quick anecdote. My son went to sleepaway camp for the first time uh, for four and a half weeks. He had never even been on a sleepover before. And every time we would, we had a phone call with him once a week and he would say, everyone in my cabin is so messy. I can't believe it. Cause he, he didn't really have a context for how messy kids could be. So that was fine, but they had to do their laundry and they would get their laundry bags back and they would have to fold it and put it on their shelf. And I asked him, you know, Oh, is that annoying? Is it stressful? He's like, no, mom, it's just folding the laundry. I had a spot for all my t-shirts. I had a spot for my long sleeves. I had a spot for my shorts. So I didn't drive him up to camp. He took a bus. I didn't set him up. Now as an 11 year old boy, he was able to set up a system for himself so that when it came to be laundry day, it was no stress for him. Right? So we don't even think about these little ways like you showing Mila how to make her bed, but but when she is at overnight camp or wherever she might go, where she's put in a situation where she has to be independent and do these things, it is not a stress on them. And I feel like all of that nagging actually was a gift that I gave him so that he could have this ease over the summer. It's so fun. I love it. Kudos to you and kudos to your like amazing kids. They're like model kids, but it's because you, you taught them well you know, to kind of like end the episode, what are like three things that you see that you're like, go change this, or you're seeing that like, that you see the most in the club right away that we can benefit from. So three things that you're like, here's three areas of your life that I would go take a look at. What would those be? Okay. So the first one, and we've talked about this a lot already is, um, to take the shame and pressure off yourself. There is nothing wrong with you as a woman, as a partner, as a wife, as a mom, if your home is a mess, if it doesn't look how you want it to be, take the pressure off because that's all of us. And don't wait till you're in your dream home to set up these systems. Mm -hmm. The systems that we are putting in place are not a gift to our home. They are a gift to us. And no matter what space we're living in, if it's a studio apartment, if it's you know, our, we're living in our parents' space, whatever it is, if this is not your dream home, you still get to live your dream life in it. So that's number one. Number two is get everyone on board. Again, we already talked about this, but if you, and what does that look like in practice? It's actually sitting down and having a conversation with everyone you live in the house with and say, Hey, this is really important to me. This is going to be a big game changer for us and for our lives. If we can do this together, I, maybe I am going to be taking the lead to set up the systems, but I really need your support in helping make it last. And that does a few things. First of all, it eases the resentment that you have. But a lot of times, you know, if we tell our kids, go put that toy away, or we tell our husband, go put that back. Well, back where? Have we actually set them up for success when we're asking them to do something? A lot of times we haven't. So it's really having that conversation and that awareness that we may have unrealistic expectations of them, or we may be expecting too little and they really can join us in this. And then I would say, pick one thing, just one thing every day to spend five or 10 minutes on to either start purging 
or to set up a system because I know everyone who listens to this is super busy, super ambitious, is running a company or is in the workplace or you know is, is busy running their homes. No one has a ton of time. You cannot wait for the perfect time. It's not gonna fall in your lap. You have to make the time. But for most of us, what that looks like is five to 15 minutes a day or asking your parents or your spouse or whatever, take the kids out of the house if they have kids on a Sunday and block time to do it. But you have to make the time and a little bit every single day is what moves the needle. I love it. That's absolutely magical advice. And I think sometimes we overwhelm ourselves by saying we have to do it all. I literally remember that moment after I watched the home edit and then I tried to color coordinate all of the books and crayons in my house. And I don't know why I did it. I took everything out and now that they're all mixed again, because it's, right. it's not practical, it's literally not. the most impractical way to organize ever. No knock on love the home edit Queens, but it's not practical. Um, and I created such a huge story around it of how much time and you're right. Five minutes a day, pick one little corner. Um, it's a continuous process and I love it. How can we support you, Corinne? Where can we learn more about you, follow you and support your journey? This has been such an amazing conversation. This has been so fun. So my website is grittingglam.com and there's links to all my programs there, but I hang out on Instagram like a lot of us these days. So come give me a follow Gritting Glam. I am very active in my DMs. I respond to everyone. Um, any questions you have, any way we can support you. It's super important at Gritting Glam that we are really helping the women that show up in our community to transform their own lives and to empower them. And we are an inclusive environment. We welcome everyone and we just want to be helpful. So say hello, ask us your questions, and we will be happy to meet you and chat with you and really form a relationship because relationships are at the heart of everything we do at Grinning Lamb. I know we'll be reaching out and we'll be linking everything for Grit and Glam in our show notes below. So go check her out. Thank you so much for being here, Corinne. And thank you all for listening and for being part of our amazing show today. We'll see you next week at CEO School. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO School works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations, and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business, and in life. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. We will be sending CEO School swag for the next 100 reviews, so don't miss out. Write a review and send us a screenshot at podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Again, it's podcast at theceoschool.co to claim your swag. Thanks so much. We love having you here.